it sometimes happened that a decent family of the area, finding it had too many mouths to feed, would offer a younger son to the temple. No women were allowed there, as its servant. Just such a one was Beetle. At seven years of age, he'd been left by his nurse, in a shadowy ghostlight before dawn, in the temple's outer courtyard. Around his neck was a small flawed ruby on a piece of silk. This was the child's gift, without which he could not expect a place in the fane. Poor Beetle, who at that time had another name, stood and cried in the chilly morning until at length a priest came waddling out and found him, without much pleasure. Another brat. Well, it is the tradition. Let me see. Oh, what a paltry jewel. Stop snivelling, boy. You are now wrapped in the bounty of the temple. And taking Beetle not yet by his scruff, the priest conducted him within. Here, as the years went by, Beetle, now Beetle, grew up nourished on a religious charity of watered milk, meat gristle, crusts, and rinds, and was meanwhile educated by the temple in the intellectual and spiritual arts of sweeping, scrubbing, polishing, and picking up. His new name, given him in the first days, was to encourage selfless industry by sympathetic magic. The other servants of the fane had similar names, except for one sleek boy who was allowed to trim the altar candles and pour the incense, and who sometimes aided the priests at their disrobing and in the holy bath. This one, called Precious, slept always in a separate cubicle and ate at the priest's table. But then, the temple had bought Precious from the last caravan. Very occasionally, needy travellers might pause for shelter at the fane. Though a fee was required of them, it proved a little cheaper than the costs of the village inn. One day, when Beetle, thin and scrawny and weak-eyed like the rest, saving Precious, was seventeen years of age, a peddler availed himself of the priest's hospitality. The very next evening, the chief priest summoned Beetle for an interview. Dear Beetle, said the chief priest, who presided from his couch, a table at his elbow that had on it confectionery, peaches and wine, so Beetle might have dribbled if his mouth had not become so dry. My son, it has been brought to my attention that you have committed your old fault. Father, cried Beetle, throwing himself down. Forgive me for eating the three candles, but I'm tortured by such hunger. Alas, said the chief priest, sadly toying with a sugar almond. You must strive after the virtue of abstinence. Have we taught you nothing in all your time with us? Alas! Three candles! Beetle gibbered, feeling already the throng coming down on his back. That, however, is not the matter on which I called you to me. Indeed, since you have made free confession of your sin, perhaps we may overlook it this once. Beetle could scarcely believe his ears. Experience informed him that if he was to be let off one punishment... In a moment more, something worse was about to be awarded him. Trembling, Beetle could not think what that might be.